We're in a series, and I'm going to complete the series today, simply entitled Something New. Something New. We started several weeks ago in Isaiah 43. The Lord said, don't consider the things of old. Don't get stuck in the past. Don't live in yesterday's blessing and realization of God. But God said, I want to do new things. And what God really said in those following verses, he said, when I do this new thing, it'll be so fresh, it'll be like waters in the wilderness, it'll be like rivers in the desert. And we talked about the fact in this series that God wants to do new things for us. He wants to do new things in us. We're always growing and learning in God, but we also talked about the fact, and we're going to conclude it today, God wants to do new things through us. Every person in this room today, if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, God wants to use you to make a difference in other people's lives. God wants to use you to get his blessing to other people who are in need. And I think this morning before I really dive into God's word, and I've got a, I've got a lot to cover, but I've got a very simple message to share you, with you out of scripture today. But I think it's important for us to realize this morning as we as we launch into this message, to understand that when Jesus came to this earth, to put it in its simplest terms, Jesus came to show us what God was really like. He came to reveal the heart of God for us. He came to show us what God's intentions for us were really all about. And he poured out his life for people. As a matter of fact, if you look at what Jesus said, there are two or three things I can mention real quickly. One of the things Jesus said was, I've come to seek and save that which was lost. Jesus came to find people who were lost in the pig pens of life and lead them out to a better life. Jesus also said, I've come that you might have life, that you might have it more abundantly. I've come to give you a better life than you could ever create on your own. But then Jesus also said, as we talked about last week, when he began his ministry, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. He has anointed me to do several things. And in the middle of all of that, what you realize is Jesus came to show us the heart of God. And the heart of God is all about people. It's all about people. It's all about people. Sometimes we get bound up with religion and we lose sight of, of things that are so vitally important. But we have to realize today, God so loved the world. He wasn't talking about the planet. He was talking about the people. God so loved the people that he sent his only son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. This morning, taking that thought, I want to launch in today's message with something very simple. Jesus had an amazing ministry everywhere he went. Marvelous, amazing, miraculous things happened. And it was all about touching people right where they were and changing their lives and changing their future. Healing them, making them well, making them whole, delivering them from the bondage of sin and then liberating them so they could pursue a brand new kind of life. But then Jesus then ordained that the church would continue his ministry doing the same things that Jesus did. Jesus said, the works that I do, you shall do also, and greater works than these shall you do, because I go to the Father. Because when he went to the Father, he sent the Holy Spirit to us. We talked a little bit about it last week, but two things that we talked about last week that I want to go back to real quickly before I, I get into 1 Corinthians 12. 
The Apostle Paul, in writing in, in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14, talking about the working of the Holy Spirit through us, he said two things that I think are really important to us today. In chapter 12, verse 1, he said, Concerning spiritual gifts, I do not want you to be ignorant. Everybody say the word ignorant. You know, we don't use that word a whole lot except for when we're frustrated with somebody and then we kind of point a finger and use that word. You're, you're just ignorant. It's kind of a demeaning word sometimes the way we use it. What Paul said was, when it comes to the working of the Spirit, when it comes to spiritual things and spiritual gifts, he said, I do not want you to be ignorant. That word ignorant in the original writings simply means not to know because of a lack of information or a lack of intelligence. I think it's really sad that we live in a church world today that it, to, to a great extent people are ignorant of how God wants to work through us. And it's kind of like, oh, I believe in the Father and I believe in the Son and, you know, I know the Holy Spirit came to do some stuff, but boy, when you start talking about the Holy Spirit, you know, I just don't know about all that stuff, so I'm just going to kind of keep my distance. Friend, let me tell you something. If Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior and you've been born again, the Holy Spirit already lives in you. And you don't need to run from Him. You need to welcome His presence. And what Paul said was, I don't want you to be without knowledge. It's amazing how many Christians run away from the knowledge of what God wants to do through us. We get intimidated on a lot of fronts. And you know what? I know that there are some weird people out there, okay, who do things in the name of God. I, I'm one of those people that sometimes I don't sleep at night. Is anybody in the house that sometimes you don't sleep at night? Sometimes I get up in the middle of the night and I make coffee at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. Uh, not because I need it, but just because I want it, okay? But, but I'll get up in the middle of the night and, and usually I'll, I'll pray for a little bit and talk to God about what's going on in my heart, if there's anything there. But then I'll turn on the television and it's amazing the stuff that goes on in the name of God in the middle of the night on television. I mean, you can, you can buy miracle water from the River Jordan for a gift of $50 or more. I mean, you, you can buy miracle water that if you buy that water and, and pour it out on your wallet, man, you're going to be a millionaire for the rest of your life. You can get all kinds of stuff. And, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't mean to be critical, and I don't, I don't you know, I don't want, but, but foolishness drives me nuts. God doesn't want us to be ignorant of what the Spirit of God was really sent to do. Oh, and by the way, before you send off of that water, you'd be better off to just put it in the offering here today. Okay, just, or, or put it in your kid's education. You know, go play golf or something. Just, you know, you, you got a better chance of getting a miracle to, on the golf course than you do out of that water, just so you know. And Lord, if I cross the line, forgive me. My heart was right. But then the other thing Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14, turn to somebody and say, he's being a little silly, but he's very serious. Uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 1, Paul said, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. He said, desire that the Holy Spirit would work through us to meet the needs of someone. And that word desire means to have affection for something, to desire it to the point that we're zealous for it. God doesn't want us to be ignorant of spiritual things. Neither does he want us to live without a desire. He wants us to have a zeal for the things of God. And what happens a lot of times in, in, in churches is who, who believe, churches who believe in the working of the Holy Spirit, we've relegated 
the working of the Spirit to the platform on Sunday mornings, and we've kind of taught, well, that's where it all happens. So everybody comes to church and says, okay, let's see the show. It's not about a show. It's about the power of God working through us every day of our lives, no matter where we are in life. God working through us. So look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm going to open my heart for a few minutes this morning. Verse number 4, 1 Corinthians 12. If you don't have a Bible, we'll have the verses on the screen. Paul's talking about these gifts in chapters 12, 13, and 14. Here's what he says in verse 4. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Now look at verse 8. Notice what he says now. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. Verse 11 says this, But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Now, Today I want to walk through these verses and I don't have time to do a comprehensive study. I'm just going to give you an oversight and share three main thoughts with you today. But as we introduce these scriptures and begin to look at it, I want you to notice some things that we see here. First it says there are different various gifts. Not all the gifts are alike. Next thing it says is these differing gifts accomplish different things. But they're all of the Holy Spirit. Next it says, each gift works uniquely to accomplish those unique things. Then it goes on to say that these gifts are intended to benefit all of us. Can I pause here for a moment and tell you, it is the will of God that in your lifetime you be touched and ministered to by gifts of the Holy Spirit. One of the things we learn as we read through Scripture is God created us to be connected with each other for two reasons. You, you know why he wants us? You know, our church is about connections. We, we talk about it all the time. Connect, connect, connect. Connect people with God, connect people with people. I know some of you want to get disconnected as far away as you can, and if you want to do that, that's fine. But here's what happens. When you're not connected, two things break down. Number one, when we're connected, we have an opportunity to give to people, and we have an opportunity to receive from people. And one of the things that God intended for us to do is to live our lives being touched by the gifts of the Holy Spirit as other people minister to us. And then for us to minister to other people beyond our natural abilities through the power of the Holy Spirit. And then the last thing that I want you to notice here before I get into the, the deeper teaching, these gifts are distributed according to the will of God as they are needed. We don't control them. We don't determine where they work and how they work. God, the Holy Spirit, does that. So these verses paint a picture that says God will use all of us as we're surrendered to him to minister to others and receive ministry from others beyond people's natural abilities. Now, last week we talked about 
Philip ministering to the Ethiopian eunuch. If you weren't here, you might want to go back and listen to the message because it's an intriguing story. But one of the things we saw was Philip was led by the Holy Spirit far away from this red-hot revival that was turning this city upside down. Hundreds, thousands of people are coming to Jesus and the Spirit of God leads him away and he goes to a desert dry place to minister to one person, an Ethiopian eunuch. But that one person takes the gospel back to Ethiopia and touches the nation. And that church that he helped plant is still growing today. Now, here's the interesting thing. Can you imagine if Philip had said, okay, God, I'll go to the desert, but what's in it for me? See, I think a lot of times we live our lives saying, okay, I want to be led by the Holy Spirit for my benefit. Did you know oftentimes the leading of the Holy Spirit is for us to be used by God to benefit others? But we get so consumed with what's in it for me, what's in it for me. I'll tell you what's in it for you. You get to be used by God to help touch and change somebody's life forever. Some of us are so stuck in religion. We've become so selfish. Well, give me mine, give me mine, give me mine. I want my blessing. If I can't go to church and get my blessing, I'm not going. The problem is you've lost sight of God's plan for your life. God's plan for your life is to be effective touching other people along the way. This is good preaching today. This is really good. Thank you. I clap for myself. That's really good, Pastor. I'm going to watch this online tomorrow. No. It'll be Tuesday probably. Anyway, whenever it gets on, I'm going to watch this because this is good. So let's, let's take a few minutes and let's talk about these gifts of the Holy Spirit. And today, I told you earlier, I want to share three thoughts, three simple thoughts about these gifts. But what I want to do is I want to take these gifts and I want to put them in three groups. If you've studied the gifts of the Spirit, you know about this already. It's a very simple teaching. But I want to take these nine gifts that Paul talked about in this passage, nine gifts that a lot of people are ignorant about. Oh, I don't know about that stuff. I don't want to get too close to that stuff because those people are weird. And we end up missing opportunities to touch other people's lives. I want to talk about these nine gifts, but I want to break them into three groups. First of all, it's the knowing gifts or the revelation gifts. The word revelation simply means that God reveals things to us. God reveals things by the Holy Spirit that we didn't already know. And and by the way, if you want to go online, I've got a series entitled Friendship with God. It's like 10 messages, and the last couple of messages deal extensively with these gifts. And there's a lot of information there. Friendship with God. Go online and check it out. Watch it. You get a lot of teaching about this. But I want you to notice this. First of all, We have this group of three gifts that we call revelation gifts, the knowing gifts. They are the discerning of spirits, where we're able to discern what kind of spirit is at work. The second is the word of wisdom, which is a word from God that gives you wisdom and a plan of action, how to proceed in a situation. And the third gift is the word of knowledge. What I want to do today is I'm going to break these gifts into three groups and then I'm going to give you a little bit of illustration of one of the gifts in that group and then I'm going to give you a thought about these gifts. The first is in this knowing gifts, these revelation gifts, there may be times when God will suddenly reveal something to us that we didn't already know. And it's not a thing where 
We're walking along and all of a sudden God says, okay, time out, come over here, let's have this conversation. And all of a sudden we hear this audible voice. I mean, some of you may hear God that way, I don't. But there are a lot of times in my life when suddenly in my spirit, God just begins to download stuff and it's like, wow. You begin to know things that you didn't already naturally know. And let me, let me show you one gift. This word of knowledge, I think one of the great stories in the Bible is in John chapter 4, the ministry of Jesus. It's a picture of how God wants to use us. Jesus goes to this city of Samaria. Remember last week we talked about Philip and the great revival in Samaria? Do you know who planted the seeds for that revival? Jesus did in John chapter 4. When he went to Samaria, nobody else wanted to go, but he went to the Samaritans. He sent the disciples into town. He waited outside of town at the well in the middle of the day, a woman came to the well. Jesus began to have a conversation with this woman. You can go back and read it in John 4. But here's the interesting thing. Jesus begins to talk to this woman about water, wanting a drink of water. Give me some water. And out of this conversation it begins to lead one thing to another because Jews and Samaritans just didn't talk to each other, especially Jewish men talking to Samaritan women. In that day, it was just very, very uncustomary. But here Jesus starts this conversation. The conversation begins because this is a purposeful appointment that God has set up for Jesus. In the middle of this conversation, she begins to ask Jesus, okay, if, if you've got something to give me, it's going to change my life, then tell me about it. And Jesus says this to her. He says, okay, I will tell you, but first, go get your husband and bring him back. Then I'll tell you about it. And this woman looks at Jesus and says, ah, man, I don't even have a husband. And Jesus says, yeah, you got that right, but you've already had five husbands and you're now living with a man who isn't your husband. See, suddenly a word of knowledge is received by Jesus and he looks this woman in the eye and begins to tell her things about herself that she knew he could not know. Now listen closely. When God downloads something to us and all of a sudden we know something in a situation that we didn't naturally know, God wants us to use that as a door opener for the gospel. So Jesus begins to open the door further, begins to talk to her more. The first thing you know, before this conversation is finished, the entire town is coming out to see this man. And this, this woman goes to town and said, there's a guy at the well. He told me everything that ever happened in my life. How did he do that? It's because this word of knowledge was given by the Holy Spirit that Jesus knew things in the spirit that he could not know naturally. There are going to be times in our lives if we're open to God when we're talking to somebody and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit just drops something in our heart. We begin to realize something we didn't know. There have been a lot of times when I've been counseling with people or, or ministering to people that in the middle of conversation all of a sudden the Holy Spirit would just drop something in my heart and I'd look at them and I'd ask them a question about this and they'd look at me with big eyes like, why are you asking about that? How do you know about that? It's just the Holy Spirit. And when that happens, it opens the door for other gifts of the Spirit to begin to minister and begin to work. How many times has God dropped something in your heart, but you've been afraid to talk to that person? We need to open our hearts and say, God, use me. Use me to touch other people's lives. Use me to touch other people's lives. God will give us revelation. He will give us a knowing that will help us minister beyond our natural abilities. The second group of gifts, what I simply call vocal gifts or 
verbal gifts. They're gifts that need to be spoken. And here's the thought that I want to tie to these three gifts. There may be times when God gives us a message to share with someone. There may be times when God gives us a message to share with someone. These three gifts are tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. Now, I want everybody to listen real closely to me. I'm going to talk to you for a couple of minutes about prophecy. I'm not going to talk about tongues and interpretation of tongues this morning because we're talking about a long subject that's very confusing to a lot of people. I'll do it in a different teaching. There's a whole message there, probably several messages, but I won't attempt to do it in a five-minute segment of a message. But I will talk to you about this later on another occasion. If you want to hear more teaching, check out the Friendship with God series. It's there. But here's what I want you to see. There are times when God will download something, suddenly the Holy Spirit just drops something in our heart that we feel like, I need to share this with you. I need to share this with you. Something that will encourage you, something that will build you up, something that will move you forward beyond where you are, maybe even bring some direction to you. Scripture calls it prophecy. Prophecy. Usually, prophecy deals with not just what or how things are, but what God's about to do in the future. Prophecy tends to talk about things that God's looking into that are in your pathway. A lot of times, people are stuck in life. They're in a situation they don't know how to move forward. They don't know what to do with the situation. And they're crying out looking for help. And a lot of times, God will drop something in our hearts to share with someone that'll help give them clarity for their future. I cannot tell you how many times in my life people have spoken into my life and encouraged me and helped move me forward. I'm not talking about living by other people's words. The Holy Spirit wants to lead us individually. But I'm talking about the fact that there are times when people are struggling, people are hurting, and you can come along and the Holy Spirit can drop something in your heart and you can share that word of encouragement and it will move them forward. Where a lot of people get confused is with prophecy. They want to use prophecy like a prophet to point the finger and take people apart. That's not God's attention. The gift of prophecy is there to encourage people and build them up and help them move forward, not cause them to sit in despair to move them forward if God needs you to hear a word from a prophet pointed finger he'll send a prophet to you but for the most part God will use us to speak words to encourage other people to help them move forward how many times have you been in a tough spot in the middle of that someone walked up to you and in the course of conversation just began to share things it was just like God was speaking to you personally like wow I needed to hear that that's usually what prophecy is but we make it so deep and so super spiritual and so strange and so weird that we get it way out there and people think it's out there in the twilight zone so we're afraid of it. Paul said, don't be afraid of spiritual gifts because God wants to use every one of us. Let me ask a question today. How many people do you think I'm going to speak to in this message? Well, in first service, we normally have anywhere from 280 to 350 people in this service. Second service, we'll have a couple of hundred more, sometimes 300 more, not including the children. They don't usually hear my, my messages. During the week, there are people who watch online. There, there are 70, 80, sometimes 100 families watching right now online from home. 
But how many people are you going to come into contact with this week who don't know anything about what happens at the bridge on Sunday morning, who are desperately in, in need of a word from God to move them forward and draw them closer to God? How many people are there who I will never have an opportunity to touch in my lifetime, but yet God can use you to touch them in your neighborhood, at work, at school, wherever it might be. God wants to use you to speak his word and his, his love into people's lives to touch them and change them forever. And oftentimes, oftentimes that encouraging word of prophecy will also open the door for God to do other things in their lives us there's somebody in the house right now you're sitting there thinking yeah you know what this all sounds great but God can't use me why not why not well he hasn't called me to be on on, on the platform I'm not talking about being on the platform I'm talking about living among people does anybody here live among people let, let me do it this way can I get a show of hands does anybody here live among people okay I just want to make sure See, there are a lot of times when God will drop things in our heart to share with people. And the problem is, we've been taught in a lot of churches, when that happens, get a trumpet, blow a trumpet, and make a lot of noise and say, oh, thus saith the Lord. You know what, friend? Just be natural and let God work through you. Don't try to copy your favorite televangelist. Just be natural. Be who you are. Let the Holy Spirit work through you. If God put you in that situation and he gave you the word, you are perfectly capable of ministering to that person right where they are. So let the Holy Spirit use you to speak words into someone's life that will bring healing and restoration to them. Several years ago, let me tell you a little story. I need a little bit in this monitor, Travis, if I could. Several years ago, I was pastoring a church in a different city, and one Sunday morning, we had a guest speaker who, he was here a few years ago, Savelle Phillips, was involved in Bible translation and missionary work around the world. And he came to church that Sunday, and he was so heavy-hearted because one of their missionaries, actually a Bible translator, a Liberian from West Africa, who was doing a project, in the middle of the bloody civil war that was going on, he and his family had been abducted. And all they knew was the rebels have the family along with a lot of other people and they're killing people right and left and they're worried about this guy's life and his family. Well, Savelle had been involved with getting them into the ministry, training them, getting them back to Liberia to do this work. He had preached in their home church. He had met their families. Savelle was so heavy-hearted because he knew in reality there's a good chance this family's going to be killed. Remember that day as he preached, the only thing that really hit our church that day was, we need to pray, we need to pray. And we prayed that day. I couldn't even tell you anything he preached that day. All I remember is his heart was heavy because of this dear friend in the ministry whose family's in danger. So we as a church prayed. At the end of service, there was a woman who came up and said, I need to get a message to that man. And so I said, okay, and I didn't really know the woman very well, but I knew a little bit about her. And I said, okay, what's the message? She said, you tell him that the Lord says, don't worry, I've got him in the palm of my, my hand with his family. I've got him covered, and they're going to be okay. So I told my friend, I said, hey, here's what, here's what somebody said. And he looked at me, and he said, well, I hope she's right. All I know is in the natural, this thing looks impossible. 
A week passed, two weeks passed. After about three weeks, got a phone call. Savelle told me, he said, I just got the most amazing news. They lined up this man with several other people, with his family, and they began to go down the road, shooting them with guns and chopping off their heads with machetes. But when they got to this man, all of a sudden, there was a guy at the end of the line who took off running into the bush, and all the soldiers chased him, and this missionary and his family got away into the bush, and they got to the border, and they're saved out of all of that group of people. I'm going to tell you something. There's a reason why Paul wrote and said, don't despise prophesying. Don't despise it when people come up to you and say, hey, I want to share something with you. I know there are a lot of parking lot prophets out there. I know there are a lot of people who say a lot of amazing things that, you know, I just shake my head sometimes. But you know what? In the middle of all of this, God still speaks through imperfect people like me and like you. And he wants to use us to speak into people's lives. Several weeks ago, I had a man come up to me and he said, you know, I was in a connect group the other night and all of a sudden he said, you know, I, I was sharing something and all of a sudden God just dropped something in my heart and I got ready to share it because I knew it was important. But then when I got ready to share it, I realized it was for a specific person. He said, I went ahead and shared it with the whole group. But when the, when the meeting was over that night, I pulled this guy aside and said, did you hear what I said? God said that specifically for you. And he said, the guy looked at me and said, yeah, I know. That's for me. That's for me. Friends, let me tell you something. God wants to use you to encourage people. God wants to use you to open people's hearts so that God can minister to them in a greater way by the Holy Spirit. And then finally, the third thing, the third group of gifts, what we call power gifts, the gift of faith, which is faith for a situation, for something miraculous far beyond natural, natural means. The gift of miracles is when God does things to actually stop the course of nature and, and natural things in the earth to do some miracles. And the third one is gifts of healings. I want to talk to you for a minute about gifts of healings. I could talk about all three of these gifts if I had time. And like I said, you can get teaching online and I'll probably come back to this at some point in time in the future before long. But I want you to notice something about gifts of healings. Two plural words in that phrase, gifts of healings. Not gift of healings, gifts of healings. There, there are probably three or four reasons perhaps why it's written that way. Because there are healings for different kinds of diseases. There are healings that come from God in different ways. Some are instantaneous, more miraculous. Some happen over a period of time. But whatever it might be in any situation... God is able to heal our bodies. Isaiah 53 in the Old Testament. When Isaiah gave us a glimpse of the cross in the Old Testament, that horrible scene that he wrote about, he said he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. If you go back and read those verses, all those verses there in Isaiah 53 in context, it's talking about our physical brokenness and the physical healing that we need for our bodies. It's talking about our physical pain from which God wants to heal us. Jesus went to the cross, took stripes upon his back to pay for our healing. And from time to time, God will use us to minister healing to other people. I want to I share something with you that's very important to me. A few years ago, 
I felt so led by the Holy Spirit, so inclined that one of the things we would do as a church is we would set up prayer teams who pray at the end of service. Traditionally, it had been our habit that we prayed for the sick every Sunday morning during service. That's how we had done church for a lot of years. But I really felt in my heart that God wanted people involved in this because Jesus said as a part of the Great Commission, you'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. If you put it back in context, he said believers shall do this wasn't just limited to somebody on a stage. So I felt in my heart that God wanted us to set up prayer teams. And one of the things we do here at the bridge, every Sunday morning when service is over, we have two or three prayer teams right here at the front of the building. And these prayer teams are people that I have handpicked, that I've chosen, that God has put in my heart. We've laid hands on them and prayed over them. We've asked God to use them to minister to our people. I got to tell you something. It's amazing the stories that come from these prayer teams. We had a story a few weeks ago about someone healed of cancer. We constantly are hearing stories. I had a man come up to me and he came up for prayer over a situation and God gave somebody a word as they were praying for him. And they shared this word and about three or four days later it all came to pass just like God had spoken. Let me tell you something. God is still ministering to people today. He's still ministering to people beyond our natural abilities. He's doing it by the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to tell you something. If, 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 this, if you're here at church today or you're here any Sunday and you've got a need in your life, don't ever think, oh, that's not important. That's not the pastor. Don't ever think for one minute, well, the leader of the church isn't down there. You need to stop and understand we've laid hands on these people and we've allowed the Holy Spirit under our order, and by our order I mean our order of service, to, for God to anoint them, to release the anointing that's on, upon the pastors and upon the church, to not just allow us to minister to people, but allow our prayer teams to minister to people. I'm going to tell you something. Miracles are happening all the time. If you need a miracle in your life, you need healing, you need God to do something miraculous, you need to come in faith for prayer because Scripture says the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise them up. You need to come in faith and allow God to minister. And then the last thing that I want to share, we as believers need to understand that God will use us anytime any place if we have open hearts because he will use us he will deliver he calls us to be pizza delivery people he makes the pizza he gives it to us and he says now deliver it to that person he doesn't call us to eat the pizza he calls us to deliver the pizza I know for some of you that's a simple analogy but it's so good God will use us to deliver his presence his power his deliverance, his healing to someone's life if we have open hearts and willing hearts. You say, well, how, how do I prepare for this? In closing this morning, I want to just give you three or four things real fast. I want you to think about this. Number one, in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be witnesses. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth. You, 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 we will be witnesses of the ministry of Jesus 
to other people. It's not just to share that we've witnessed, it's to share the fact we will witness His power continually working in us and through us. His power comes upon us, not just to share the message, but to see the same ministry that Jesus had working through us if we have open hearts. It's a part of the Holy Spirit coming upon us. We know when we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit moves inside of us. He abides in us. He's with us. But then when we open our hearts and ask God to baptize us, He comes upon us and He begins to empower us to minister far beyond our natural abilities. If we'll allow Him to. Maybe you're here today and you're saying, you know what? I want to be used of God. Remember what I said at the beginning of this series, at the beginning of this message? God wants to get waters in the wilderness. He wants rivers to flow in the desert. But he needs you and me to get the water there and to get the rivers there. And he wants to use us to get the water into the wilderness, the rivers into the desert. How do I get there? How do I come to that place? For some of you, this is a brand new thing. You might have even been told, oh, you know, don't even pay attention to that. Stuff doesn't happen anymore. It's happening all around us, friend. And it's not weird. It's not goofy. It's God using people to minister to people as Jesus did. How do I get there? Number one, we need to ask God to baptize us in the Holy Spirit. We need to ask God to, to allow the Holy Spirit that's within us to just come upon us and empower us to work the works of Jesus. Number two. We need to open our hearts and say, God, I receive this. I receive this power. And I want to be used by you. And we need to ask God to open our eyes so we can see the needs of people around us. Friends, I'm, I'm going to tell you, it's so easy. I'm, I'm guilty of this. It's so easy to get tunnel vision. I run from task to task to task to task. And sometimes I get so busy that I don't see things around me I need to see. We need to pray, God, make my heart sensitive. Help me to have spiritual eyes so when people are hurting, I can sense it and I can stop and let you use me. And last of all, when you see somebody in need, and I want you to hear this because this is the final thing I'm going to say, but it's so important. When you see someone in need, look for an opportunity to encourage them. You know what I found? I don't care where I'm at. It's rare, it's, it's, it's rare that you run into somebody who's hurting and in trouble and in need if you just say to them, can I pray for you? It's rare that they'll ever say no. Because when people are hurting and they're in trouble, they're looking for any kind of good news, any kind of hope. And if you'll just stop and speak words of encouragement and pray for them, it's amazing how the Holy Spirit will suddenly just allow gifts to start flowing through your life and to touch them even to see miracles take place. I want to pray for you today. Bow your heads if you would. Father, this is all about something new. And for some people in this building today, what we've talked about is something brand new to them. God, this is your word. This is the working of the Holy Spirit. I pray right now that our hearts will be open. God, Cleanse our minds, cleanse our hearts of bad teaching and bad theology, bad doctrine. Open our hearts to the simple thought, I want to be used by God. I want to be filled with the Spirit. I want, I want to be baptized so the Holy Spirit works through me. 
I want to be used by God. Father, open our hearts. Help us not get caught up in, well, how does this work and how does that work? Help us to just simply relax and say, God, fill me with your spirit. Come upon me and use me by the power of God. I'm going to ask believers all over this room, if you want God to use you, just lift your hands for a moment. God, by the power of your spirit, baptize us today. Baptize us supernaturally. Just baptize us. Let the Holy Spirit come upon us. Then, Father, begin to use us beyond any way we've ever been used before. Father, we receive the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. While heads are still bowed, eyes are closed, one last thing. Maybe you're here today. Maybe you've listened to this message and you've thought, wow, this is definitely new to me. Maybe you're here and you've never been in relationship with God. Maybe you've never asked Jesus Christ to become the Lord of your life. Maybe you're here today and maybe you once knew God, but you've you become the prodigal and you've run far, far away. Right there where you are, maybe right now something is burning inside and God is just knocking on the door of your heart. And you're listening to this because you're realizing, I need God's help in my life. Not just for eternity, but right now, I need God's help in my life. I need God to turn my life around. Friend, God's big enough, He's powerful enough, He's great enough to change everything. But it all starts with us opening the door and saying, God, come into my life. I want to pray one more prayer this morning for people who are in this place. You're not in relationship with God, but today you want to start that relationship. We do that with a prayer, simple words. I'll lead you in a prayer. I'm going to ask everybody in the room, pray this prayer with me right out loud. You don't have to scream the words, but let's all pray this together. Say, God, I need you. And I want you in my life. So I open my heart to you. Come into my life. I believe in Jesus. I know he's the son of God. I believe he died for my sins. I believe he was raised from the dead. And I choose Jesus to become my Savior, the Lord of my life. God, I open my heart to you. I believe. From this moment forward, I want to be your child. I want you to be my father. I want to learn your ways. And I want to walk with you. So thank you for loving me. Thank you for receiving me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Just a couple of minutes early, I want to share something with you. This is a significant day in our church. We've been talking about new things because I believe God's just beginning to do new things in all of our lives. I believe out of this day today, we're going to see God begin to work through us in amazing ways. I've prayed over you. We've opened our heart to God. Now we're going to let God be God. Let God do what God does so very well. Open your hearts to God. Have you, have you enjoyed God's word today? Has it hit home with anybody here?